Hey friends, this is Holly Bame Lytle, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism in the Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's panel of exceptional autism parents. All right, now we're going for Isaac's Autism in the Wild podcast. I'm having a lot of trouble with technology. Before we even went live, we couldn't figure out why one of the mics weren't working. And then as it turns out, there's like a little like switch. You turn it on. There's this amazing (laughs) technology is today. And then I started talking and I realized nothing happens on my screen. And it's because you got to hit record. So hopefully, but good news, everybody. It's working now. So today we are podcasting on the topic of the guilt of working parents. Um, And this was a very, when we posted this particular topic, immediately we had all six slots filled up immediately. We had a couple of people that couldn't make it um, because of some um, morning struggles. But um, I think it's fair to say that there is a lot of emotion that comes with us parents who have to work. Um, And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I... I'm in the middle of the road, so I'll save my opinion to the very end of this. But obviously, if you guys are joining me, um, I have three moms and one dad joining me because actually David is with me, but he didn't originally sign up. And when we were talking the other day, I'm like, David, I really feel like we need a dad to weigh in on the topic. So you were kind enough to come and donate your lunch hour to um, help us out on this particular podcast. So who would like to start? Um, is First and foremost, I'm just assuming that if we're talking about guilt, everyone here to some degree feels some guilt. And so my question, I guess, would have, oh, so and Michelle's saying eh, a little bit. Okay. So you and I are the same because again, I have a little bit of guilt, but also, you know, I do enjoy working. Um, I did stay at home for a while when, um, well, keep in mind, I stayed at home and worked from home when Isaac was first diagnosed with autism um, because the amount of therapies that we were having to run him to just made it absolutely impossible to go to an office to then leave, go pick kids up, you know, pick him up, take him to therapy. You know, I mean, it was like every day of the week. Um, so I was really lucky at that particular time that I worked for a law firm and I was able to manage my caseload from home. So I had, you know, they set me up in a home office and then I would work during naps. And then when they would go to bed or I would get up ridiculously early and, um, work on my files before the kids woke up. And then I would just have to go and do my presentments and stuff at court on Fridays, which was nice. So I would just, you know, like block out Friday mornings to be able to go to court. And here's the thing about it is, is that um, I always thought I wanted to be a stay at home mom until all of a sudden I was home all day long and realized (laughs) and then I was like, whoa, hey, no, like, wait, like this is like really um, difficult. It was so challenging to stay home. Um, now, and again, and again, I don't, I, I was never the stay at home mom of two neurotypical children. It was the stay at home mom where, um, and then again, too, in that time frame when Isaac was little, as soon as he got diagnosed with autism, we lost all of our insurance coverage. So our strategy for, um, combating that struggle was, is that, um, we would pay providers to do a service, um, a session. And then I would watch, take notes in some cases record so that I could then try and duplicate that at home because that was the only way that financially we were going to be able to make that work because it was so expensive. Um, and so I don't, I, I never got to be the uh, June Cleaver. If any, maybe some people don't know who June Cleaver is, but hopefully you guys here yeah. all know the leave it to beaver, um, analogy. Cause I always dream that wouldn't that be something to be this like June Cleaver where you get to be a stay at home mom. And then, you know, the kids come home to warm baked cookies. Yeah. That never happened because then we were dealing with gluten free and casein free. And yeah, that you just don't whip up uh GFCF gluten free casein free cookies. <laughs> uh, just on a whim, especially back then when you didn't have access to these ingredients in the grocery store. So, um, so in all fairness and confession, I was never a traditional 
stay at home mom that, you know, had that could do the play dates and all these, you know, park activities with the other moms, because it was just really, it was very challenging. Um, and I was still having to work. I, I would just have to use my, you know, so I never had any downtime because then during lunches, I'm working on cases at night. Once the kids were going to bed, I was working on cases. So it was a lot of stress. And so I look back at that time frame, and I'm just like worst ever. Um, I'm so glad I had that time because obviously being a stay, staying home with Isaac was great because of course, then after he passed away, like I just can't even imagine um, the amount of guilt I would have felt if I had to work in an office, have someone else taking care of him and potentially taking him to therapy. But I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I'm not going to lie. Did not love it. And then when Isaac um, passed away and I had Tyler, he went to school and then I had Caleb and Kelly. I was more, I was a little bit more of a stay at home mom in that because Isaac foundation was just starting. So the demand was much less. Um, but again, didn't just, I just didn't love staying at home because I missed people and that personal connection that you have with people. Um, and so I just, I feel like, you know, and David, we talked too, is that, you know, going to work was sometimes an escape. Like if there was a time where I could, you know, leave Caleb and Kelly with someone so I could go meet, you know, and talk about Isaac foundation or pitch this or pitch that it was kind of like a little bit of a vacation in my mind. Um, so again, you know, and there has been a couple of times where I've had to go out of town for work and it was like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like sleeping all night, um, somebody else having to run around and do all the therapies. And I'm just like, Ooh, like, you know, I could, you know, this isn't so, I mean, I couldn't do it all the time. Cause you know, by the third day, you're just like pulling your hair out and you know, they're not doing it exactly the way that I want it done. And I'm a super big control freak in terms of the schedule and Ooh, my expectation. So I know. Shocking, right? You're just <laughs> never. But anyway, so that's been kind of my like I'm like uh, like halfway love it, halfway don't. But again, um, even now, still, I do Isaac Foundation and my kids can come to work with me every stinking day if they wanted to. There still is guilt. Like I still do feel guilty because um you know, it is demanding and you feel like, oh, you know, like if I didn't have to work so much, could we do more therapies or could we do more this or more that? Um, and that's where it's like, you know, and I think moms just are chronically looking for a reason to feel guilty. I don't know. I just feel like, um, <laughs> David, come on, David, talk, pull your remind your microphone over and you just gave a really big nod of yes. So what's your experience feeling like moms are just looking for reasons to feel guilty? I can only say that that's how it's played out. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, honestly, cause if we're talking about the guilt and maybe it's because, um, I worked so hard to rehab all my Catholic guilt that on my side, I, I just, I very have very little. However, um, and Meg, you got to come down here sometime and speak oh, for yourself because yes, she would be wonderful. She just doesn't, whatever. She doesn't get down here. However, um, Cause she plays the flip side of each side of guilt. Yeah. It's like, I'm not contributing enough financially or I'm not paying yeah. enough attention to Morgan. And the thing is, um, so she did a couple direct sell initiatives. So we're blessed in that I, um, have enough resources in my own job to allow her to stay at home just barely. Um, and at the same time, she did go down the road of doing a couple direct sell initiatives and, but, when she does something like that, she immerses herself in it and she is super dedicated. I mean, it was actually kind of cool early on. I mean, it sounds awful to say it was cool not to have her around. No, uh, but I, <laughs> but no, the girls and I did a lot of outings on the weekends ourselves because um, she was busy working because she was busy working at the same time. It was taking up so much of her time. And then on the flip side, um, she decided to abandon that and direct her attention towards Morgan. Uh, more time with her and it has an effect, but at the same time, as you said, the guilt is on, and I don't know, this is going to sound, you know, however it sounds, it does appear that like women are wired this way. I've in, in my observation yeah. of what I've seen of my wife and other women, it's like, regardless of which way they go, they're going to have guilt about the one or the other that they're not doing. And the oh, thing yeah. is I can tell from my standpoint, and I'm sure other husbands, when we say we're fine with what you're doing, don't look any deeper into us. We, the, <laughs> it's not we, a trick. We everything that guys have is right on the surface. What we say is what we mean. There's no hidden agenda. So we are absolutely fine if you decide to do one or the other. So that guilt 
just so you know, it's not coming from us. David, wait, does that what you really mean? Yes. Are you sure that's what you mean? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, well, that's just it. But the eyes, you're looking your eyes. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, but see, and that's the thing too, when you're talking about not being a contributor financially, um, and that was someplace like that was a piece that when I did then leave my work uh, in the, the legal field, and focus on Isaac foundation, like all of my professional attention on the Isaac foundation. Then I had a lot of guilt because the earning differential between working in, you know, law office, um, versus in nonprofit sector when there's, you know, like a little bit of nothing is like really a, a lot of nothing. Um, yeah, you're right. I absolutely felt guilty. And then of course too, when Caleb went on to be diagnosed with autism, it was like, oh man, I have to start making some tough decisions. Do I go back to work? But then you still have that same guilt, which is if I go back to work to be a better earner, then he's probably, we're going to have more money for services, but then you're having to um, factor in time or paying someone to do the transportation. And, um, it's, it's, I don't, I have never been able to reconcile as a woman. I have never been able to reconcile my guilt one way or the other. So that's why I thought, Hmm, I wonder if anybody else is feeling this way. And then when everybody signed up for it, I'm like, awesome. I am not the only person that has these struggles. So, um, let's talk with you, Raylan, because okay. you are a, have you always been, because you work, correct? Yeah, always. And you've always worked. And so where do you fit? Like no guilt, some guilt? Oh no, a guilt every day. <laughs> guilt every day. But, and I'm in a really unique position because I have my mom and my mother-in-law who help with the caregiving. Oh. So it's always been a family team. I've never had a third party person. Which would make a difference. Yes. Doing it. And when Hudson was diagnosed, I probably would have had to quit my job. Sure. Uh, which would have been difficult because I am the benefits person. Oh. So I cover the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, I can, and then my husband works five nines. Yeah. So I'm, I, so I do a lot of running around. So that's why I have canceled podcast before when yes. I said I cannot, <laughs> that's not happening today yeah, I get messages from you I'm so sorry work has taken over I cannot come in like I said yeah. I would I'm so yes. I'll stop signing up and it's like no keep signing so, yeah, up I'm like, just I'm keep so sorry just keep signing but I'm up here today yes yeah um because I have a vacation day today because I oh. had a field trip with my other my daughter so it's uh, a balance between wanting to do good at my job because I'm still not professionally satisfied in my work, but then I want to be super mom for the kids. So vacation day to take her to her school field trip, her co-op. Yeah. So another layer. Yes. But trying to be. Cause now understand. Okay. So yeah. explain the co-op because we, Isaac and um, Tyler did co-op. And so I've yes. explained in a previous co-op co-op is different than a regular preschool. Yes, it is. It's so it's part-time because we didn't really need a full-time thing for her. She just mostly needed social and everything. So it's, Three days a week, but then a parent has a parent or caregiver has to go once a week for coverage. We do snack week. You do mm-hmm. a field trip coordinator. And it's it, all yeah. another layer. You could be that the person that's prepping all of the craft materials. And right, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's so, parent participation. I mean, there yeah. is a preschool teacher. Right. But the parents are doing a lot of the preparation mm-hmm. and coordination in yeah. order to minimize costs, really. Um so yeah, it's a whole different element of then participation yeah. and that layer of complexity. And then I'm also a little type A, so I'm always in contact with his therapist, even though grandma or Mima may have taken him that week. Like, okay, oh, you have a Mima? I want to be a Mima. I want to be a Mima. So, I've already so dubbed it. Don't just a right side now. thing. <laughs> Before Hudson was diagnosed, uh, my mom wanted to be called Mima. For her first grandchild, she wanted to be Mima because she loves the Big Bang Theory. Yes, that's what I love. And so Mima. that's his Mima. But then my my dad hates nicknames, so he wanted to just be called Grandpa. And then when Hudson was eighteen months old, he shook his head when he said Grandpa, and he goes, "No, Pop, Pop." And so he's a Mima. He named him Mima. Oh, see, that works. Yeah, yeah. so I've already dubbed Mima. That's mine. Don't anybody try and take it. So anyway. You don't want to be a Mima. Technically speaking, I am a Mima. So my my ex husband Jared or my ex husband Reed, his oldest son Jared. So I met Reed when Jared was two, and um, Jared's now in his late twenties, and they just had their first baby four weeks Whoa. early, oh. um, November thirtieth. And so yeah, so Luca Owen was um yeah four and a half pounds a little tiny but i was like dubs me mom <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a 
everybody else wants to be like Nana, and it's like, yeah, yeah, that works for you. I but I'm um, from Arrested Development. Oh, oh there you go. There you go. <laughs> so I, I'm playing the long game on that yeah. one. Though. I know, I'm right? Calling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gangi. Gangi. Ooh, that's yeah. another good one. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to be like the. Tr- I definitely don't want to be Grandma. Like that's just you know. Yeah. So anyway, all right, Amber, you're with me today, and so. Um, so explain a little bit about your work history. So that way our listeners have a context for understanding. Oh, I'm a smorgasbord. So I actually started out working with kids with autism at the school. So I was sign language interpreting and I was a one-on-one for kiddos with autism. And then, you know, got married, did that whole thing and moved me away. And so then I started working at another school. Well, then when we had Kaylee, my oldest, and found out that she was diagnosed. Honestly, I could have gone back to the school I had, you know, my parents that would help that still do take care of the kiddos and stuff, but I couldn't work autism and then come home to autism. Oh yeah. So that was my breaking point there was, it was too much. Mm-hmm. And so then now I'm working nights in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of autism and autism again. <laughs> but um, no, it works out better because I can stay at home you know, during the day, do the school thing, do the therapy. And then I don't go to work until five and the girls both go to my parents. So that if that wasn't the case, then I wouldn't do anything at all. Cause if I didn't know who my kids were with, that's huge. Mm-hmm. If they were going to be with a caretaker that I didn't know a babysitter off Craigslist, like whatever you do, I don't know. You know, I can't, I can't, but I still have guilt every single night that I go to work. Cause Kaylee, you know, obviously doesn't want me to go and But they hardly even notice that you're gone because they're sleeping for the majority of that. Well, for the majority of it. But from about four o'clock, I drop them off at four. And then until about eight, you know, it's not the way that it would be if I was at home. Mm -hmm. And Kaylee's very much a homebody. She's very much by the book. This is how we do things. She has a routine. And so, you know, going to Nana and Papa's. Nana and Papa. Nana and Papa. <laughs> I know. Going to Nana and Papa is now Point incorporated. Just made. Thank I you. Know. <laughs> it's it's incorporated into our schedule now on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but she still doesn't like it. And yeah. she will still every single day, can you tell them that you're not working today? And now it's to the point where, you know, she gets the autism thing and she understands it a little bit more and she'll say, Mom, just call and tell them I have autism <laughs> and you can't come in. And I'm like forever. Yes, <laughs> I know this won't change, but no, I have a tremendous amount of guilt. And then if they're sick, that's when my guilt kicks in more because, you know, even though it's just a runny nose, it's not me taking care of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Kaylee had um, febrile seizures as a kid. And so it's that you don't have your eyes on your kid thing. And it bugs me still to this day. So that's where like most of my guilt comes in. All right, Michelle, because you gave me the fifty-fifty is so I, I'm feeling I like am. we're going to be similar. So tell me your story. So my background is I've never wanted to be a stay-at-home parent. Oh. I knew that was never going to be my role. That's want to be for a mom, me. but not a stay-at-home mom. No, yeah. no, it's never been for me ever. Like I just have always said, like I just I'm not meant to be. I I continue to work so I can continue to love my children from our yes. respective places. Because if I was Surrounded by them 24 hours a day, I probably would lose my absolute mind, I think. Well, and it's a little, I was just talking about this in the podcast I recorded prior to this with Taylor Crisp, who's a self-advocate. And um, of course, she's adorable and thinks I'm the best mom in the whole world. But um, understand too, um, one of the things I was telling her is like, you know, it's really easy to be a mom of one kid. In my, Mm -hmm. in my in my opinion, being the mom of Isaac was like easy. And of course it was before I knew he had an autism spectrum disorder. And then, you know, Tyler came on, um, along and, and it was still pretty doable to divide my time to be a good mom to two kids where it started getting dicey as what the third kid, the third kid changed a lot of things because dividing numbered, you're outnumbered. (laughs) Um, also there's enough of an age range between the the first and the last that you're like, their interests are different. And then one's still napping, but one wants to be all over God's green earth. Um, and that just became really complicated. You know, they're not quiet, but the baby needs to sleep and you're trying to maintain this wonderful schedule for the one that, you know what I'm saying? It was just a lot. It was a very complicated. They all are different, you know, 
age ranges for different toys and some are chokeable and then where they can be in the house. It was just a lot more to manage. And then my God, you add the fourth one in there and it's just like, oh, a giant shit show. Most Thank days. you. Yes. Yeah. The shit show begins, people. The well, shit and it's show even begins. worse when they're at multiple schools. Yes. That's I literally it. see yes. a phone number from Cheney and I'm like, oh, oh God, God, what school is Me calling too. and why? Yes. What and I literally have started answering phone. Hello. Me like too. they I'm hear the shocked. hesitation in my voice and I have to hear it's not an emergency. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. then why I get are the PT, PSD, PTSD response when I see that. Yes. Come up like, oh, dear God, what did they do now? And, you um, know, before I had the job I have now, there was a lot of stress on me to do the job that I did because I was in management and I was overseeing lots of people. And so I had to set that tone and that standard for attendance, work ethic, yeah. like. And I can't be the one to put things on the back burner because then it just leads everybody else to think that that's okay. And so I felt like I didn't have necessarily the same flexibility to be the mom that I wanted to be, especially to a child with autism. So my parents took over a large portion of that. And had it not been for them, I would have never survived like just being a parent and being a single parent because I also went through a divorce through that process. And so my parents had to step in and fill a lot of those roles, whether it be doctor's appointments or it'd be like, oh, my God, we're out of meds. I forgot to call in. Can you please swing by the pharmacy? Because I'm at work for the next 12 hours and I cannot physically leave at this point in my day. And um, it took a pretty drastic situation for me to change the job that I had. But I I will never forget. I started my job at the end of March and I came to my boss like on day three and was like, Hey, here's the deal. Like, I know our handbook says that, like, you know, nail polish, there has to be very specific colors that we can only do in like these muted colors. But I was like, Autism Awareness Month is coming up for April. I really want to paint my nails blue with puzzle pieces for my son who was just recently diagnosed. What do you think? And I can go. And I will never forget. She looked at me. She's like, I don't know much about that. Fill me in. And we had like the longest conversation where I was just like, here's what you're walking into with me being your awesome new manager is that this is my real, this is my reality is that there might be, I mean, I will never forget when Aiden got a cell phone and my God, if I didn't get 26 calls one day and it was like, something's happening, something has set off a meltdown. And it was literally something as simple as I messed up a lunch account balance. I put too much money on the account and he lost his ever loving mind and called me 26 times. He goes, I just got to come home. I got to come home right now. And I just looked at her and said, I got to go. I don't know what has set him off, but he needs me. And she was like, go. Family's more important than anything we've got here. Yeah. And, and that, I think that really was life changing. Yes, the mindset of your manager or your supervisor is definitely, I think, one of the keys when you do have to work, um, having that flexibility. And exactly what you guys are saying, too, is, is that a lot of the pressure when you have know that a family member is taking care of them, I think it is um, a lot more comfortable knowing that at least someone loves them as much Mm -hmm. as you love them. That's taking care of them. Um, so do you ever then, so with all the people, so David, let's talk about you for a second. We talked about Meg. I'm going to pop over to you real quick because you're the earner in your family. And so you, um, but with that being said, your, your position requires you to travel. Uh-huh. And being out of town, <clears throat> physically out of town. So again, I think in in this in our society, it's very the expectation is well, of course, every man is going to work, and that's kind of like expected. Although things are changing now, you have um, I'm hearing the term house husband or um, house yeah home dad or whatever. Uh, if there's another term, I do apologize because um, I'm hearing it more because, you know, women have the capacity to actually be top earners. And when you're talking about benefits and different things like that, I've had several autism dads decide that, you know what, hey, um, in terms of income and benefits, it makes more sense for my wife to work than it does for me. And so then dad stayed home. But um, David, you've always worked. Um, so there's really no guilt in terms of that. Correct. You know, I did a deep psychological dive while I was sitting here. Sitting here listening to us. <laughs> no, it's just like a couple things. Um, a, it's interesting in listening to others in that it doesn't even cross my mind about what would it be like to have family in the area to help yeah. offset because we just never have. And it's not like, oh gosh, I feel like I'm lacking. It's like, oh yeah, we don't have it. Yeah. It's like, and we've just dealt. Yeah. And as you guys have probably seen with family, there's some great things and there's some also family things. things. Yes. Um, yes. But, you know, I'm, the appreciation is probably there for that at the same time. Um, you know, Meg pointed out, and I've tried to do a better job of this. 
I guess I haven't felt guilt, but while I'm here, have I overcompensated? It's like every time I did something with the girls, it's like it almost seemed like it had to be on a grand scale. Oh. Not only do we have to go to the trampoline park, we have to bring four of your friends. And then we have to come home and have pizza. And then they all have to go in the hot tub. Like, by Sunday night, I'm exhausted. Yeah. That's David, are you adopting any more children? Maybe I might send. Yeah. Well, you know, I almost wanted to facilitate being the fun dad because Morgan won't advocate for herself to have friendship. Yeah. And this group of friends just grew up around her. I've talked about it before, but it's like, okay, got to take advantage. And let's see, I've got a limited time. I've got the weekend. So, and I had to do, and there finally dawned on me as I like allowed them to come back to the house after an exhausting day. And I'm like, I don't have any resources left for this. And now yeah. they're here. And now I don't want to, and it's, yes. I love these girls. I'm like, yeah. I can't but deal. But your cup yet, is empty. You have nothing. Yeah. There's not an, another drop that you And can I finally pour. looked at Meg and I said, okay, I get it. I'm like, yeah, I, can, your I can't moment. do this again. I'm like, you know, on a limited scale, fine once in a while, but I just can't keep doing this. And so it, it wasn't like I felt guilt, but it was like, I got to jam as much as I can into this available time as I can. And like, no, I don't always have to. So then in your life, do you have the good cop, bad cop thing where like, you're the like, oh, well, I'm going to ask my dad because he's like less of a heavy or come on, David, be honest. Uh, you know, I feel uh, like you've, you've, you put your soul out there enough for other podcasts. No, look, I get it. Yeah. And I think Meg would, um probably concede to that too at the same time gosh where are we going with this um when when i've had enough let's just say my reaction's a little bit more how you say explosive and so <laughs> that's like dads, so <laughs> i'm good cop and then i'm psychotic cop <laughs> like Meg, take over i gotta go yeah, away yeah, like exactly. so you know i need to put myself in timeout so yes i i do get into that thing where they wrap me around but then yeah, I mean, that was just a culture I grew up in, too. I mean, my parents defaulted to corporal punishment. I have to keep myself from going there. At first, I didn't know where it came from. Like, now I'm like, I know where it came from. Because totally. uh, That's the way you were raised. Yeah. Right? Well, not only that, but it's like I could see how effectively that really shut things down because I want to shut this down right now. Um, But I can't. So. Anyway, yes. Um, sometimes so when you're traveling, like, do you like, so, you know, you go, it's expected that you go to work every day. So it's not, you don't have that same level of like mental. I feel guilty about this, but when you travel a lot, is that where then like you might start seeing some of that? Like, Oh, I, I just feel bad because I have to travel and be gone even more. Uh, you know, maybe just in the next, like January, February in my particular industry is crazy time trade shows everywhere a little bit there, but honestly, I'm going to say no, because A, it is a wonderful break. Um, <laughs> honestly, just going back to your hotel room. Being honest. And now with Uber Eats, I don't even have to go out to get my meal anymore. It's fantastic. No, but that sounds like heaven. Sounds I think like, sign me up. <laughs> I'm blessed in that when I am home, like doing office work, like, you know, today I could on a moment's notice, hey, Meg needs me to go do this. Can I? Yes, I can leave my job because my job is sitting in my car doing office work. Yeah. So I can. And so on a moment's notice. Yeah, I have the flexibility. So I'm, I'm blessed in that regard. So. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. I just, I'm telling you, well, I, I do, like I said, on the couple of times I've had to travel for a week, it's like, I'm super anxious, anxious leading up to it. Cause you don't have to have checklists for checklists and then like, you know, like, okay. It, and also too, you know, um, you give the list of what the, um, expectation is for where appointments are and, you know, sporting practices and, you know, like actual like meets different things. And then when I hand it off to, you know, my ex-husband or even like my bonus mom, who's helped take care of the kids when I've had to be gone, it's like, oh my God, like you don't honestly expect me to do like all of this stuff on this list. And it's like, well, yeah, cause I do, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And Why then it makes you? you, it makes me think to myself, well, do you know what? Like, could I be making my life easier by limiting some of the stuff so that it is more reasonable as opposed to running myself ragged? So then I kind of wonder to um, that guilt of, you know, one of the things I've always struggled with is that, you know, my special needs child and, you know, Isaac included at that time, they require so much more. Um, and so then I always try and overcompensate in terms of then trying to make sure that I can accommodate Tyler's, you know, sports or hobbies or clubs. And same thing with, um, you know, Kelly is that, gosh, I will tell you, Tyler probably is less demanding. Like he'll just be like, oh no, it's fine. I don't need to do that. Whereas Kelly will be very vocal about, mm -hmm. 
where how like just the injustice of the world and we called her the family archaeologist because like it doesn't just like you know we you know we talk about it you're angry we get over it oh no like she's the archaeologist the family archaeologist that's going to keep digging it up because <laughs> any moment where it's just like she's just feeling a little out of sorts the archaeologist is going to go go through the files of you know, the thing that we weren't able to accommodate an interest, uh, you know, a new thing. It's going to be a once a week obligation. Um, and boy, then we're rehashing it again. And so um, and like I said, Tyler and I don't know this. And so maybe this is a good question to ask you, because I don't know if this is the difference between boys and girls or, you know, Tyler, because he's been through a little bit more trauma because he had to survive losing his brother. And so he just now tries not to rock the boat. And if that's just an inherent, you know, like trait of just experiencing a loss. And so he doesn't want to add to anybody's burdens or if it is just simply the difference between boys or girls, I I don't know. But, um, you know, like I just find that my one delightful daughter, Kelly, (laughs) um, really highlights my guilt a lot more than the rest (laughs) of them do. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I don't know if any of you guys have anything any experiences like that? Raylan, you're, yeah. you're shaking yeah. your head. Yeah. So. Well, my daughter's four. Oh, okay. And she's a very strong personality and Hudson's six. They're 18 months apart. So they function a lot like twins. Yes. But if I'm taking Hudson to all the therapies because I block out my schedule, so I'm there at least twice a month with OT and ABA and, you know, speech, all the things. Uh, I can see her being a little extra needy and she'll start crying when I'm not there. Oh. So like, so the holiday party we had, I got a text saying Everly's crying because you're not home. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I have to go. Um, yeah. And then she was fine when I got mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. But it was that guilt of. Yeah. That you're the, not yeah there. And then I'm well, like, like, well, like am I not were... paying enough attention to her? Yeah. And, then, and then my husband's like, no, I think I think she's just being extra right now. But yeah. still, you know, I, I feel bad that yeah. I'm not spending enough time with her as opposed to brother. And, yeah. Yeah. But I think the holiday party is a great example because we yeah. had our work party last night too. And that's probably the first time I've been out past six o'clock at night in several, several weeks. And it was like, I was having fun with my coworkers. We stayed at the casino for a little bit. I spent my $20 that I lot to Woo! gaming once <laughs> in a blue moon and big spender. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I lost it all. It was pretty quick, yeah. but <laughs> here's the thing. You got to go in with the mentality. Okay. When this money is gone, I'm going to leave. And then, then you keep winning. Cause that's what I did one time. And my great aunt took me out yeah, there and no. I was like, Oh, she's like, as soon as you lose that money, we'll go ahead and help. So come on, let's lose this money. Cause I want to go home. And I could not lose for anything. <laughs> so now in my mind, that's like that. You got to go in there with a the mindset. Come on. I want to lose my money. All my coworkers kept winning. So I was just happy to not be at home and not be at work. It was like this little magical bubble that I was in. A magic slice sliver of time. And then unfortunately you have to walk home and all of a sudden it's just been complete chaos the whole time. And then you're like, why did I even leave? Yep. Exactly that. And then it's like, okay, well, great. Now I have an event coming up on Saturday. I'm gone all day. Can I feel like I can physically do this? Can I take that time away from the family? Well, what's going to happen if I'm not there? It's going to all go to hell. And even though my husband's like, no, I got this. It'll be fine. And it's like, well, no, but is it going to be fine? Like, is you, have, it gonna be you fine? have that birthday party that's going on and I don't want that to be a, a giant, you know, mess. Like, yeah. I, you know, maybe I should just cancel. Maybe I should just but cancel as all David of my says, plans. What a man says is simply what they say, the, what they say, what they <laughs> yeah. mean. So there was nothing hidden. <laughs> you do dance trivia with him, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you, if I may chime in. Um, yeah. Come on, David. Give us your wisdom here. The way we take care of things looks much different. The way I take care of things looks much different than the way Meg does. Um, At the same time, it does get taken care of. And I still haven't convinced her yet. That your way's better? (laughs) No, I don't even care that my way is better. (laughs) That my way will still work. Even if it's not better, we still get to the end goal. And it could be not as good, but we still get there. Well, that's my problem too, is because like when I'm gone and they're just like, okay, so so then I have a color coding system. So I'll highlight (laughs) this. Okay, so the red is not negotiable. The yellow is possibly the green would be what I, you know, start eliminating green first. Then if you move to the yellow, but red is not negotiable, right? It's a color coding system. It's just terrible. I know. You don't have any control issues whatsoever. I know. Oh my I was going to say, I love this idea. I have the white It's a color coding system. And my husband's like, he can't read. He goes, what is this? I go, it's ABA. Yeah. It's ABA. This is ABA. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Just so you know, whatever instruction you give your husband, that's all he's going to do. <laughs> so, Cause I always get like, well, did you ask this? this? No, you told me to ask this, this, and this. I have checked all the boxes. 
Why yeah. would I ask anything other than that? Yes, we are right. not yes. intuitive. Yes. We're not inquisitive. Like, it's like, thank God I did my that's job. That's not how we hang up the backpacks when we get home. Because he works yeah. five nights. That's not what we do. Yeah. You know, this is, he won't eat. The, where is his transitional object? Well, he needs his transitional object. That's not good enough. You know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. Making, yeah. It's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too, is because I just know if we do it this way, things will just be like smoother. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when... You know, and that's the thing when it's just an absolute shit show, then you're just kind of like, okay, so let's try dial in where exactly we went wrong. Did you do this to this? <laughs> Did you do this transition to that transition? Like, you know what I mean? And then it's mm-hmm. like, oh, here's where you went wrong. But um, my husband always wants to use red sauce on every dang pasta and three quarters of the kids will not touch it. Oh, yeah. And then I get home last night and it's like, he always feeds me stuff I hate. I literally look, I was like, did you use red sauce? Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. But three of them chose not to eat. See, and in that instance, when whenever it's pasta night, I boil, I prepare the noodles with a red and a white sauce. Thank option. you. Also, because then it's yep. like then everybody's happy mm-hmm. and nobody, and it's like, well, that's just more work. I know, but everybody, do you hear anybody bitching? No. But the so minute that's what that, that happens <laughs> is the yeah. minute that Aiden yeah. all of a sudden decided he will eat red sauce on his enchiladas, and I literally about fell on the floor. I was oh. like, I have been forced. And I do say forced to make you two different batches every time I make this because you won't touch it. And now today is the day. Yeah, of course. Magically, it's cool. Of course. I would course. love it if my kid ate an enchilada. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> or pizza. nuts. But he won't eat pizza. He eats cheese. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. Is he'll tell me he won't <laughs> eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we'll eat is cheese. We oh, had a win this week. We had a win this week, people. So, mm-hmm. Caleb decided to take a courtesy bite of chili what? and he was like, wow, this is really good. So now I've got him eating chili. So, and, wow. and that sounds okay. And here's the thing that some people are just like, what's the big deal? It's a big deal. It's a huge it's deal. It's such a huge deal. I hate explaining to people where they say you're just allowing him to be a picky eater. Yeah. Like, oh, no. It's a sensory yeah. thing. Do you like him vomiting on the table? Oh gosh, because yes. that's or scrambled gagging. eggs for gagging. us. Yeah. Yeah. The, but think the about tears. Mom, they'll eat when they're hungry. Oh, no. no. They will no, not they won't. And then they'll they wake up at 4 a.m. wanting Yeah, I was going to say. O's. 3 a.m. I'm here and all my cupboard doors open up. The cool thing about the cool thing about a chili is that it lasts a little bit longer. It sticks with them longer. It's a protein. Okay, so anyway. Anyway, I, right. Oh, so then I I had to pace myself. So it's like, we finally like, Oh, a chili. So then I had to wait a little bit until we were proficiently eating chili and there's no like problems. And then all of a sudden I let him like scoop with a Frito. Oh Oh my gosh. I mean, like, I just feel like it's a win all the way around. But then I thought (laughs) I pushed it too fast, too fast. So I was like, Hey, Caleb, guess what I made tonight? This is a white chili. So the beans are white. Oh, no. Lord. Have <laughs> not, the not the same. Oh, man. I just I just pushed it. To, I was just too optimistic. Things were just going too well. Yeah, I'm not eating the other chili. Yeah, yeah. now I know. Right. So ex- yeah. I, I know. So that's now nothing white. No, nothing that's like white in color is like as a match. So anyway, anyway, I, I just, you know, I digress. But um, David, you were looking thoughtful there. Did you have, <laughs> do you have a chili story? No, I just like having the mic in front of me. No, um, so, <laughs> no, it just, you, I started, cause you mentioned Kelly and like yes. Kelly and Piper are spirit animals. Oh, they are spirit animals. And I think the subject today was, you know, the guilt of working with our, you know, taking into account our special needs child, but it's like the other children or the other child. And I mean, it's like. So we have the dedication that we have to the special needs child. And then as we've, I've mentioned before, Piper grew up with an older sister that really had little interest in having a lot of interaction. So she is just a flaming ball of rage. Yes. And, so, and resentment. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kelly, a lot of resentment. And so it's interesting in that where it's kind of transitioned in so many ways, Morgan is less maintenance. A lot less me. We can leave Morgan at home with her iPad oh, yes. for a couple hours on end. We'll check in. With a box of goldfish crackers and some technology. With As long as there's Wi-Fi and a box of goldfish crackers, Caleb would survive. Not she would almost fish. prefer we'd never come home. That would, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is going to be my life? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we FaceTime just to check in and she gets mad because we interrupted her game. Okay, yes. you're good. Yes. Um, whereas like. Piper is now having all sorts of clingy issues. Like, and she's almost the one that makes it harder. She'll act tough until we actually act on it. And it's like, no. And so 
Well, just, that's Kelly. She's my one with the night anxiety that takes more effort, more energy to get her to sleep. You know, she's the one that just, she's just very emotional. She also has a lot of anxiety, just, you know, um, she doesn't want to come down to the office with me, but by God, she doesn't want me leaving her at home either. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can't win either direction where, Hey, I got to go down and handle a couple of things at the office. Come with me because otherwise she's going to have that anxiety or you left me or you always are working. Um, I can't, there's no way that I can win because then too, if I stay home, it's like, you know, you're right. I don't need to work. And then it's like, Oh, I'm just going to be doing my own thing. Like mom, like I'm watching a YouTube video on how to apply makeup. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Am I bothering you? Like after you just threw this huge hissy fit about me going down to the office, but well, we've um, addressed Piper's night anxiety. It's yeah. been, yeah, it's been awesome. I just don't sleep in my bed yeah. <laughs> with my wife anymore. I sleep in the guest room. We're good. Piper yeah. loves her situation right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I will say that's a really good point to bring up, though, because I almost do the same thing that David does, where I want to overcompensate for my working by weekends is family time. Oh, yeah. And my husband is one of the ones that likes wants to cram as much family activity into every single weekend as possible, which is very overwhelming for my Netflix bubble. Like I've started to really slack on my shows because we're out doing stuff every weekend. But for Aiden, it's too much to handle. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if it's his favorite place to go to. He will literally just shut down. So I've started allowing two vetoes. You can use two vetoes a month and you can't use it on church. That's my only requirement. And it's really sad because I want to feel guilty about the fact that sometimes Aiden's not with us, but sometimes it's the break the whole family needs. And I hope he never hears this podcast for me to say that. Yeah. Sometimes it's that break we want. And seriously, if he, as long as he has his iPad, he'll be fine. Yeah. We did the Renaissance Fair this year and it was our first time ever going so we underestimated how long we were going to be there and i think at like six he finally called and he's like are you ever coming back <laughs> you've been gone for so long well and that is true actually we do the family fun day mondays um i choose mondays because it just tends to be a little easier and um yeah it's so interesting though because um they make me feel guilty for working and you know i i can't make every single wrestling match or every single volleyball practice um But what's interesting is that um, they would then grumble and complain about Family Fun Day Mondays. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, wait, what? Like, literally, I print out the calendar and I like we're planning and I give them voting like, okay, so, hey, we're going to plan what activities you want to do. And then I kind of plan it, you know, schedule it out for Family Fun Day Mondays, mostly like from like May through September, just because it works out. Winter times are always a little bit dicey just because of, you know, Christmas and then just like accessibility, but then to hear them sit there and complain and grumble about the forced family Monday, fun day Mondays. And yet then they make me so guilt, feel guilty about having to work or, you know what I'm saying? It's just the most bizarre. Uh, and I don't, I, I guess I have to say too, looking back as a kid, like both my parents worked and I just, it never occurred to me to have any sort of feeling or being feeling like I was entitled to have an opinion about the fact that my parents always worked. Like, um, do you know what I'm saying? I don't, I never felt like I was, was entitled to have an opinion about the fact that they worked, but it's interesting to me how it's funny because when I then, you know, like set aside time, cause I want to do this, the pushback in terms of them wanting to participate and do, you know, these things like we're going to go for the first time ever chop down a live Christmas tree and they are already complaining about the fact <laughs> that they're we're forced March into the cold. It's going to be wet. And like, you know, and like, why are we cutting it? Why can't we just like go like to one of those like places where that you can just buy one along the side of the road? Cause I want this experience. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's going to be magic. It's going to be magic. Yeah. And you're going to love it. This. And they're complaining about it. But yet, you know, like just three times this week, you know, I had to go to a, you know, Isaac Foundation event on a Wednesday night and I missed one of my kids's um, wrestling matches. Yet Thursday was also another wrestling match that I was going to be able to feel. But he I he made me feel bad about that. Do you know what I mean? My other kiddo was making me feel bad because I wasn't going to be able to let him have a friend over because I wasn't then willing to then turn around and leave to take that kid home after I'd been I'm getting home like, you know what I mean? So I'm, they're making me feel guilty about this. And then they're like pushing back about going and chopping down a Christmas tree with their mother and this whole magical moment that I have planned in my head. So it's kind of keep it up and we'll chop down two trees. <laughs> yeah, right? The more you complain, every the more. Year. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. It adds yeah, yes. Every year. yes. And then we're going to have to 
find supplies to make a wreath. So keep it up, kids. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of funny about, you know, how, again, as women, I think we're always looking for reasons to feel guilty. But it's funny because, you know, I don't think my kids feel guilty about much anything when it comes to making me feel bad. Like there's just no guilt um, or, you know remorse, I guess maybe, maybe they're, I, I know they're capable of remorse, but not when it comes to making me feel bad. There's no remorse in making me feel bad for sure. So here's one question for you guys. Anybody here, if you had the option would be like, nope, never would work again. I'm, I would love to be a stay at home mom or stay at home dad. No. Okay. Nobody's no, saying no. With that well, guilt, mean- you have to have some sort of, you have to have some now outlet. And I mean, yeah, exactly. then the only thing, like I changed my whole career like around my kids. Not that I'm resentful of that, but it's like when my youngest is going to go to full-time school next year, it's that six hours that I'm not working. I'm not, you know, shuffling kids around to and from school to therapy. And it's like, what the fuck am I? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) What the hell am I going to do? Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Like uh, with myself. And then I get frustrated and I get almost scared that that's going to be my, my, life and I want more for me because you're not always going to be this mom of little ones Mm -hmm. you need I mean I want you know to go back to school and to do the things and have a career that I'm happy with too because I don't want to bring ranch to people anymore (laughs) I don't like but it's so important you know know, if I have to hear one more conversation about so-and-so's whatever date the other night and pretend like I'm interested I might (laughs) kill somebody you know and it's just I can't do what I have to do forever. Yeah. Your current job. And so, you know, I do, I want, I want out of that, but I don't want, you know, be trapped at home. It's, it's a balance, but it is kind of an outlet. So I'll go listen to your problems. Well, I think it was on one of the other podcasts where we talked about how alienating it is to have a child with autism. You lose a lot of friendships or maybe that's one that's coming up. I know I signed up for that one. We are podcasting on that topic. Loss of adult friendships. Mm -hmm. And I think work allows me that outlet. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have like, we've created a close knit group of us where like, we now all go to each other's birthday parties. And Mm -hmm. for like Jackson, who has a a July birthday, like we can never get any kids from school, but all of my coworkers have kids. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that made up basically our entire birthday party. And, and luckily for me, you know, some of my coworkers are going through very similar situations that I'm going through right now are just challenges with kids that are, you know, in school. And so it's like, well, Lisa, I'm not the only shit show this week. Like, but it, it is, if I didn't have that outlet to be able to have adult friendships, I would go absolutely stir crazy. But that's why I love mom's night so much. So there's my shameless plug for mom's oh, yeah. night. Yeah, shamelessly plug that, will you? I Take literally it. look at the podcast list and I'm like, oh my God, who signed up? Who's going to be there? Who do I get to see? Who do <laughs> mom's night number two. Like, and then I do the same thing at mom's night. Like I missed one and I didn't realize like how hard that would yeah. be for me to not have that night yeah. and then be like, okay, now I have to wait four more weeks before I get to see these great group of people who understand what I'm going through. Yeah. Like I, then you also have guilt with that too. Oh gosh. Yeah. That I have to, you know, go around. I have to set everything up and Mm -hmm. make sure it's okay if I'm out this late and that they're okay. And that, you know, it's, it's, it's not just work. It's anytime you do something that doesn't involve your children, you're going to have guilt. Well, when you use family to watch your kids as a standard anyways, uh-huh. then to ask yep, them for to an more. Yeah. night just to mm-hmm. be able to go out and have fun, I think that's really the hard part because you're like, well, I don't want to put extra stress on right. it. And my dad's one of those people that like, I know there's a boundary that at some point it's like, yeah, this is great. This is great. This is great. And then I will meet that line and it's like, nope, pull back the kids, pull mm-hmm. back the kids. We're going yeah. too much. Stepped over the line, stepped yes. over the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's know, hard not to have that yeah. time for yourself. Oh too. yeah. Cause you have two sets yeah, of parents. So, which yeah, is so nice. I rotate between me, my grandma, me, my grandma. And I'll go like, okay, look at the month. All right. We would like to have one date night. So who had the kids last time for a slumber party? Did my mom have to watch the kids late? Cause I had a meeting and then we rotate it that way. Cause there is a line and it's yeah, hard overnights. to do. We do. We what? have, we have my husband and I, we make a point to have one overnight. But her husband works nights. And so then she There's, would, um, you don't see him, right? Cause no, he, works- he comes uh, home uh, after six, like oh, 37. Okay. Yeah, so it's so not still, terrible. Yeah. yeah and, but so we do but, one date, true date night a month. Okay. Um, but, but then, you know, it's, they're taking him to speech. They're taking him to ABA. They're taking him to OT, you know? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. If this helps at all, <clears throat> something that was 
kind of impressed upon me a while ago. Um, our feelings are not a good indicator as to how we're doing. So uh, they, I mean, honestly, because if we acted on, well, should I do, you know, we have to take that break, whatever that yeah. is. And are we going to do it without guilt? I don't know, maybe someday, but until then I'm still going to do it with guilt, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it. Still do it. yeah. Because, you know, otherwise, you know, if I act on and react on the guilt, I'm just going to do nothing. Yeah. Honestly, or, you know, mm -hmm. I, so are, are there times where I do my job or I would not be good for my kids if I were a stay at home because <clears throat> you said type A, I'm a type A minus. <laughs> I can, I, I can keep it on. I can keep it going yeah. for a bit, but when I want to shut it off, I need to be off. And yeah. then if I'm in their presence and I'm that guy, I'm no good for them anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, it, you, you just got to. Like I said, I don't know if anyone will ever get to the point where you're not going to have some remorse, some guilt. You yeah. just got to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And other people in your lives do have that guilt, too. Me and my mom just had this conversation the other night because they're the primary source of caretaking for my kids. And it was something that I had to do like last week. It was um, a Tuesday. It was one of those Tuesday movies that one of my friends wanted me to go to at the Garland. And, you know, I was all for it. Get away from the house for a little bit. Not a work night. Okay. So when I asked my mom, you know, she was exhausted and she was a little hesitant. But she said, well, I'm exhausted, but I don't want you to not go. So she felt guilty for not wanting oh, me. To, and then I felt yeah. guilty for asking. And then it's like, well, what do we do? Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's everyone. Human nature. Yeah, yeah it is. And especially with women, because my dad was like, I ain't doing it. Like, <laughs> you know, like, it is. Know. He's like, no, I don't want him. No, <laughs> plain and simple. I love him, but I don't want him here. You know, <laughs> and my mom's like, well, then we got to. But it is. It's, and it's hard because, you know, they know that I'm not comfortable with anybody else but them, especially with Kaylee. Well, Kaylee wouldn't do it anyway, but. Yeah. So it's hard. It's it's hard on all families, I think. I'm very excited. My niece got her license. So she will <gasps> be watching the kids for the Isaac Foundation Tapes to Hope auction. She will be sitting Ooh. with them that night. So that'll be because all the grandparents want to come. So. Oh, how nice yeah. is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that actually is kind of one of my things. Well, maybe I should go ahead and let the two 10th graders get their driver's license. Because then I think to myself, well, then would there be less guilt? Because I'm like, I'm too tired. I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that mm -hmm. because I'm just tired. Or um, So there's a little bit of that. And then they do stupid things. And then I'm like, yeah, and this is the reason why that would be a terrible idea. Because they still make, they have little like peewee brains at times. And <laughs> don't actually think about their actions. So anyway, yes, exactly. And those are, <laughs> yes. And those are high, all highlighted in red. So this is why we have to do X, Y, and Z. Well, I think that, you know, this isn't the first time we've talked about guilt because there's so much guilt, like how much therapy to do. Um, and, you know, of course there's the guilt of working or stay at, staying at home. The one other thing I was going to point out real quick before is that one of the things that I, I, and I've never, I had never contemplated it before personally, but I know that for some of my working moms who, who work outside of the home, um, I was interesting to find out that some of them actually don't even share with their coworkers that they have a child with autism. And it's not because they're keeping it a secret, um, or they're ashamed of it, but it's because they just, um, want a break from it. And when people don't know that that's your life, then they, you know, cause there is an element of, you know, when you know, someone is, you know, has just a harder go of it. You just, I think it's just not, you just naturally treat them differently, whether you, you know, overtly, you know, consciously do it or not. And so I have a couple moms that actually, they are very private about letting, I mean, their supervisor knows because that's a necessity, but beyond that, their coworkers don't know that they have a child with autism because they just want to have like normal conversations and not have that, you know, come into play. And again, I think some of this, and this will be interesting talking about a loss of adult friendships. And if that in some capacity, maybe, you know, maybe subconsciously, um, you know, changes how they feel comfortable sharing that. But again, um, they, the feedback is, is that in these instances that it really is just so nice because no one, you know, it's just, it's different. You know, you don't have to have that conversation or you don't have to then have people ask you, I have a police officer friend and he says, anytime somebody finds out he's a police officer, he says, there's always one of two things, either stupid cop stories 
or um, stupid cop questions. <laughs> and I think that it's the same when people find out that you have a child with autism because then you end up with the um, my babysitter. Thank you. They have autism. Yes. Oh, yeah. Does he like to hug? I know. Yeah, Is I it like, like that TV when, show that I've seen? Yeah. 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 So you've seen Atypical, right? I know, That's right? Those are all. Yes, exactly. Those are all doctor. the things. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yes, like immediately I knew. Sheldon Cooper. Yes. I, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, my net. I always. So this is what happens. This is my. OK, so. Oh, you know, my nephew has autism. I'm like, oh, really? Like, do they live in Spokane? Nope. Okay, so how is that? Like, a good, okay, well, that's good to you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and what I, that is cool. always out. Or my my cousins, you know, stepsisters, yeah, you know, whatever. Oh, do they live in Spokane? No. Okay, so how is that? Where? Oh, so where do they live? Oh, like in Florida. All righty, good to know because so we're never going to be. So there's never an autistic kid in Florida. Right I know, now? amazing. Like, what? I know one other person in Florida. I discovered it there. But again, oh my God. nothing that we can talk about is actually going to be apples to apples because Florida is different than Washington. Like, even if you said call it would be a little bit better than just oh florida, florida. yeah okay cool uh you know what i mean say because that's exactly the kind of stuff that happens um and so anyway mm-hmm. i kind of laugh because i'm like huh like it is thought provoking in the sense that like you know because you're when you start putting it in context i can't even tell you how many um just oh you know what god gives special children to special people mm, okay cool. they wouldn't give you more if you couldn't, couldn't handle, handle it, it. <laughs> all the wonderful <laughs> things that people say to us you are just the most inspirational you're person so i've ever met you're or so how they strong automatically think that you're a good mom i could beat my children. i'm such a closet like, drinker you have no yeah, idea right, right. <laughs> like i could go home and beat my children you are such a good mom for okay. raising a child with autism <laughs> <laughs> well, John made a comment. And why didn't you bring it? <laughs> well, and John says, "Yeah, you know that shot color is amazingly effective." And I'm like, "John, don't tell people that. Like, people are actually, you know what I mean?" But he's like, "I just get sick of it That's sometimes." So great. And I'm just like, "I might use that one. I, I might as well." <laughs> because the thing is, we're all laughing, but you know that it's a hundred percent accurate that people and 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 there are times where you just like, and that's and I'm going to be the first one to tell you. I will sometimes pretend to not be Holly at the Isaac Foundation because, like, <laughs> because it all of a sudden people switch something in their mind and then all of a sudden you're like it's a her. different you're person. no longer just Holly I'm not just Holly so my staff always knows just introduce me as Holly um if it comes up that I work at the Isaac Foundation I guess that's fine but don't you dare Tell them, them who I am. Yeah. And so I've had several people that have gotten to know me and it's like, how, why in the world didn't you tell me that you're like the founder, the person like you're Isaac's mom. And I'm like, because well, let it me changes. It's because of this reaction <laughs> right here. Exactly. Tune in. Exactly. But that's the other thing too, is there are times where sometimes I like to pretend like people will walk in and be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm looking for like the, you know, the, the lady that started this place. It's like, oh, she's not a very good date. You know, just a bad day I you know what right on this right on this piece of paper your question when I see her I'll hand it over to her you know what I mean because yeah like I saw her mm, it wasn't a good day so or it's like you know people say where is she I don't know I haven't seen her she was around here someplace just you know like you know drop it off or whatever whatever then people come back later it's like you like you you lied to me me. and it's like you know what it's just I was not feeling like my best self you know what I mean so it was just better but on my days of a better self, because I mean, honestly, what happens, I think, with people, human nature, they start feeling awkward. So yes. like, oh, how could I share a related experience? Because, oh, my gosh, they like spotlight. And, you know, if there's any guidance, because I'm so intelligent. No, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times when I am faced with that same circumstance, there's like, just what's that like for you? Yeah. And put it back on them. And maybe they want to share their experience or maybe they don't. But instead of trying to draw a correlation to something that you really don't have any expertise about, just like, what's that like for you? And then they then hopefully you'll have the gauge as to whether they really want to or don't want to talk about it. If they say it's okay, I'm like, okay, done. Yeah. Or if they want to share, they can. But that's on my better days, too, because as you said, I mean, that was on a previous podcast. (laughs) It's like, oh, man, you're fantastic parents. How, how do you, you know? know. Yeah. Don't yeah know. Or I could never do that. You know, um, on those I days, didn't choose this. Yeah. yeah. I didn't sign up. Yeah. Well, and she, did, you know, yesterday subscribe. Yes. Thank you. It's like, it's like when the person asks like my friends in California, how do you live in snow? It's like, what is my choice when I live in snow? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like, you should just tell them, Oh, I don't. Yeah. It's like, how, how do you do that? I'm like, I have this child, they live in my home and they need me to provide. So I do it because what are my choices? Yeah. You know, 
<clears throat> well, that's true, too. Um, you know, you don't have any other your reality is none other than what you're just surviving. But then, you know, when you're talking about that inspiration piece, it's like, you know, let me just take let me make everybody feel better and just have a realistic perspective of what this looks like. And then just take some screenshots of my living room just today. And people would be like, damn, girl, like, mm -hmm. you know, like rough week, because I was just like, how in the span of four days have we gotten to this like level of crazy in my living room? It's just absolutely insane. So um, so guess what? I'll be spending all of my waking hours up until we go and hunt for the Christmas tree. And I'm going to then tell them, you owe this to me. I just cleaned up your mess for four days. So there. Um, unfortunately, like I said, guilt just it doesn't register for my children. Where's all the good Catholic kids where you could hey, use I guilt? About, I'm sorry, I uh, they're at the illegal bonfire drinking their parents alcohol. Oh, it's not David. But no, no what you kid. said, I mean, and you gave some a voice to something I hadn't even thought about. We have given our children a voice. I did not have a voice have in my voice. house. And there's some great things about it. And then there's some things like, why did I give this nine year old, 11 year old a voice? Yeah. I mean, because yeah, they're going to go at their maturity level to what they can go to, which is they're going to flip guilt on you regardless of yeah. what you do. And so I'm like, true. I gave you a voice. Yeah. And so it's like, there's an extra layer that we kind of have to deal with. And I can kind of see why the previous generation is like, why don't you just shut this down? I'm like, I really like to, but we've chosen not to. And yeah. there are some days I really like to. Society says I can't. I know, right? <laughs> now we have a different side, sort of parenting, and that is just definitely frowned upon. So, yeah. It's a different podcast. Yes, no, totally is, different podcast. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this podcast up on Isaac's Autism Wild. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.